Yo, what is going on everyone? My name is Nick or The Notorious Fantasy and in today's video, we're going to be talking game by game through the week 18 slate at the quarterback position. I'll be telling you guys whether I think you should start or sit the quarterbacks in all of those matchups. But before we could get into things, I would like to ask that if you guys are new to the channel and you're doing up enjoying today's video, that you please make sure to hit that subscribe button down below. And while you're down there, whether you are new to the channel or not, please make sure they do leave a like on today's video. It would help me out a ton. If you want to follow me on Twitter or X, please do so at notorious fntsy so without further ado let's get into my week number 18 start or sit decisions for the 2023 fantasy football season at the quarterback position we begin with the first game on the Saturday slate, 4.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Baltimore Ravens. Now, the Baltimore Ravens have their number one seed and the bye locked up. The Pittsburgh Steelers are hunting for a playoff spot. The Steelers need to win to clinch a playoff berth, but they also need some other teams to help them out. They need either the Titans to beat the Jags or the Finns to beat the Bills. If they lose, they could also still technically get in at the seventh seed, but they would need the Titans to beat the Jags and the Broncos to beat the Raiders. Now, this is a matchup between Mason Rudolph, the red-nosed reindeer, and Tyler Huntley. Now, I do think that Rudolph could be good enough to beat the Ravens here, especially with the Ravens benching their starters. But the thing with Rudolph is, is even if they were to win this game, it's not going to be because Rudolph throws three plus touchdowns here. He didn't throw a single touchdown last week. And I do think even up against the depleted Ravens defense, I don't see him scoring more than one touchdown. So maybe he gets one here. Maybe he gets zero and Najee Harris and Jalen Warren form an Eiffel Tower over the Ravens defense. Regardless, I do think it would be a little bit crazy to start Mason Rudolph. Now, Tyler Huntley is actually one of the more ideal backup quarterbacks in the NFL, in my opinion, and I think he could have a solid showing here. The problem is the Steelers need this game and the Ravens don't need this game at all. If they win, they're the one seed. If they lose, they're the one seed. Thus, why they're benching a lot of their players like MVP of the NFL, Lamar Jackson. If for some reason this game was in week eight, right? Lamar Jackson can't play. Huntley's going up against the Steelers. Then, hey, maybe there's an interesting spot here to play Huntley. But going up against the Steelers defense without all of the main Ravens playmakers... Starting Tyler Huntley, in my opinion, would be too cute. Next up, we move to the Houston Texans at the Indianapolis Colts Saturday night football. Now, C.J. Stroud returned after a two-game absence last week and looked good, right? He had a good game if you were just watching it past the eye test, but didn't perform very well in terms of fantasy football against the Titans. He went 24-32 for 213 yards and a touchdown. And again, while that was good for them to absolutely stomp the fuck out of the Titans, it wasn't good enough for fantasy. Now here against the Colts, I definitely do expect a more highly contested game, a true back and forth because both of these teams need a win here. And if this does become a back and forth game, which I think it has the upside to do, that I think CJ Stroud could have a smash game here. Last time these two teams played was all the way earlier on in the season. And in that game, Stroud was the quarterback 13. This week, I got him in the top five as a must 
start quarterback. Now, Gardner Minshew has been down bad as of recently, finishing outside the top 20 at the quarterback position in back-to-back weeks, which is no bueno if you had to start him over those last two games. Now, he did look fine last week, right? The other guy passes the eye test against the Raiders, going 15-23 to for 224 yards and a touchdown But again, that doesn't really do much for you in fantasy. In a must-win game here, everyone is going to be trying their ass off for the W. Now, does that necessarily mean that Gardner Minshew is going to be successful? Of course not. But knowing what I've seen this season ever since Anthony Richardson went down, and that is that Gardner Minshew is a serviceable fantasy quarterback, and there's about a 0% chance he gets benched this game unless there's an injury knock on wood we don't root for injuries so with him really having zero worry of getting benched I think you have to rank him as a fringe top 12 guy next up we move to the Cleveland Browns at the Cincinnati Bengals the start of the Sunday slate again this is an interesting Sunday slate six games at one seven games at four and then Sunday night football to cap things off Bills versus the Dolphins so in this game, the Browns have locked up the fifth seed. Regardless of what happens, they could win by 50, lose this game. Doesn't fucking matter. So a lot of their guys are going to be watching from the sideline, including starting quarterback, cool Joe Flacco. Jeff Driscoll's a fine, I mean, maybe that's uh, even generous, a fine backup quarterback, but... That's about all the nice things I'm going to say about him. Even against the Bengals, I don't see him coming remotely close to the top 24, so I would definitely sit him down. For the Bengals, Jake Browning is a start. Now, despite the fact that the Kansas City Chiefs beat the Bengals, Browning played pretty decent, finishing as a top eight quarterback in Kansas City. 19-33 for 197 yards, seven rushes for 32 yards, and two touchdowns with zero turnovers. Now, Technically, if you got Jake Browning going up against the Browns defense, that would scream, hey, Nick, you need to run clear away from Jake Browning. But this is week 18 where the Browns defense doesn't really need to do anything here. I don't expect Miles Garrett to magically suit up in this game, right? I expect this to be a watered down version of the Browns defense. So I think Browning finishes anywhere from quarterback 12 to 16, making him not the most ideal start of the week where I'm not going to sit here and give him the gawk gawk 9,000 special, but he's going to be fine enough to be a start for me. Next up, we move to game number four, the cold like Minnesota Vikings at the Detroit Lions. Now the Vikings need to win this game, and it would give them around a 15% chance to make the dance, to make the playoffs, right? That is because they need both Seattle and Green Bay to take the L, as well as a win from either the Falcons or the Panthers to lock up a playoff seed. So that does put the Vikings in a clear must win scenario right even if the odds aren't ever in the favor they are going to need to roll out the starters here and that includes nine inch nick mullins now nick mullins did get benched last week right they didn't start him last week he had to come in late in the game after jaron hall essentially cooked up a steaming pile of dog shit of an offensive performance up against the packers but now nick mullins gets to go now the last time these two teams played nick mullins threw a bunch of picks he threw Four picks, but made up with it with over 400 yards and two touchdowns. Bullins is in that fringe start range, but definitely has some solid upside because in his two starts for the Vikings, he was a top 12 quarterback. 
Jared Goff owners have been down astronomical as of recently in the last two games. Back-to-back -back performances where he doesn't even sniff the top 20. And in both games, he scored fewer than 15 fantasy points. One of those games was up against the aforementioned Vikings going 30 of 40 for 256 yards and a touchdown. A good game in real life, right? I would be ecstatic if my quarterback goes 30 of 40 for 256 yards, but obviously just scoring one touchdown isn't going to do too much for you. The Lions have already won the North, the King of the North, for the first time in 30 years. So huge round of applause for all of you Lions fans. If they win this game, they will be the number two seed if the Eagles and Cowboys lose. Otherwise, they'll be the number three seed. This leads to me believing that Goff may only play part of this game. So until news comes out more about this, I think Goff is a fringe start at best, and he is extremely risky. Next up, we move to the Jacksonville Jaguars at the Tennessee Titans. Now, Ryan Tannehill is so bad that I don't even want to spend a lot of time talking about him. Last week against the Texans, he had to come in for Levis, who got hurt again with a foot injury. Hope he's okay. His upside at this point for Tannehill feels like 225 yards, 250 yards on a red panty night, right? and a touchdown with a pick, which is not good enough at all to grace my starting lineup. Trevor Lawrence has looked like the blind man, right, from the Afro Man song over the last two games, throwing the ball like his name was Ray Charles. Last week, he scored just 11 fantasy points. Well, it wasn't technically last week, but his last game out up against the Bucks because he missed last week, and C.J. Beathard ended up playing in that game with a disaster class performance up against the Bucks. He threw for just 211 yards and one touchdown with two INTs. Now, I don't trust Lawrence worth anything. But I will have to lean with him as a start against the Titans because the matchup is, as Tony T the Tiger would say, great. And there's a lot of quarterbacks not playing this week. So it kind of just elevates Lawrence into being a guy. He will rank as a top 14 guy if he plays. If he doesn't play, some people might get cute and play Beathard, but I think I'd rather look elsewhere. Next up, we got the New York Jumbo Jets at the New England Patriots. Now, the Zappinator, Bailey Zappi, was throwing the ball all over the yard up against the Bills. The only problem with him throwing it all over the yard was that one of his favorite targets last week was the fucking Buffalo Bills defense. He threw three INTs in that game, one touchdown, 209 passing yards. Now, I do get that the Jets defense isn't technically playing for anything, and I know that the Patriots own the Jets franchise franchise, but this should be an incredibly low-scoring game, a snooze fest. Like, if one of these teams scored 21 points, I would genuinely be shocked, and I would be shocked if Zappi came even close to the top 20. Trevor Simeon played okay last week against the Browns, as he didn't throw as many interceptions as I thought he would, right? Going up against that Browns defense, you might think Simeon could throw four picks in that game. He went 32 of 45 for 261, a touchdown, an INT. The Jets obviously got super soaked in that game. Simeon is yet to throw for more than one touchdown this season, and I don't really expect that to change against the Patriots defense. That's looked very solid as of recently. Next up, we move to the Atlanta Falcons at the New Orleans Saints. Now, Derek Carr is another one of those fringe start quarterbacks, but he is on the higher end of fringe starts. Now, the Saints need to win this game to get in, and the way they get in is they win this and the Buccaneers lose. Thus, they're obviously going to be playing their normal starters. Now, Carr has been pretty mid this season. I talk about this a lot, but Carr is one of the biggest punching bags on this channel. 
I'm throwing fucking combos, A, B, left, right, up, down, hitting them with fucking haymakers, question mark kicks, I'm hitting them with everything, right? And it's because Derek Carr has been just kind of laughably bad at points, right? He'll have these good games where he kind of fires it up late in the game in garbage time, and even some games, he'll have a normal good game. But at the end of the day, Derek Carr is just very boring. He is the quote-unquote missionary sex of a quarterback in the NFL, right? He's just going to do good enough for the Saints to potentially win, but he's probably never going to rise enough to the occasion to put your team on his back like he was backpacking Dora. So while I think Derek Carr is fine and maybe I sling a little too much mud his way, Carr just has been legitimately mid this season. But again, in a week where a lot of these good quarterbacks are riding the pine, it gives boost to, it gives boost, it gives boost to uh, Derek Carr. I think he should finish somewhere from quarterback 14 to 18 this week with top 10 upside. So I am definitely going to list him as a start. Again, not going to sit here super enamored with Derek Carr, but he's fine. Uh, Taylor Heineke was the quarterback 13 last week in Chicago. And just like with the Saints, the Falcons need to win and the Buccaneers to lose to get in. In the quarterback 13 game last week up against the Bears, right? Oh my God, he finishes the quarterback 13. He didn't look good at all. 10 completions on 29 attempts. That's ass. Straight up ass. For 163 yards with four rushes for 46 yards and two total touchdowns with three picks. The Saints defense has definitely gotten taken to the cleaners by offenses this season. I just don't feel close to confident enough to play Taylor Heineke. Next up, we move to game number eight, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Carolina Panthers. Now, four straight games as a top 14 quarterback for Mr. Baker Baker touchdown maker, and three of those games, he was inside of the top 12. Last week, up against the Saints, Baker played fine, but it was actually his worst game in that four-game stretch. 22 of 33 for 309 yards, two touchdowns, though he sadly threw two picks in that game. The Panthers matchup is solid, and the Bucs want to win this game to clinch the division. Baker, to me, is a clear top 12 quarterback this week, somewhere in the range of quarterback 10 through 12. Bryce Young was hitting the Packers defense from the back. He hit him with the 619 Rey Mysterio just two weeks ago, and it's like, holy fuck, maybe that's why they drafted Bryce Young, right? I told you guys last week, hey, get it through your head that anyone could play good against the Packers defense, right? 300 yards, two touchdowns, nice game out of Bryce Young. He followed that up going against the Jaguars, right? And the Jaguars aren't this fearsome defense, right? 19 of 32 for 112 yards and a pick. I am still quick to label. Like, I still think it's very quick to label Young as a bust, right? I'm not going to sit here and do that. But uh, man, oh man, are you not starting him in the 2023 fantasy football season? Next up, we got the Chicago Bears at the Green Bay Packers moving into the four o'clock slate. If you guys have enjoyed thus far, hit that subscribe button down below as well as hit that like button. It would help me out a ton. So Justin Fields. Now, the Bears are a team that are dead in the water, zero playoff aspirations as they have been eliminated from the playoffs. And we shall see what the debate, you know, who, who's right in the debate? They need to draft Caleb Williams, they need to draft Jake Drake Mace, they need to draft quarterback, or they stick with Justin Fields. That is definitely something that is going to be debated all the way until the NFL draft, and I'm not going to sit here yapping about it for an hour because we could legitimately talk about it for an hour. My lean right now, based upon how Fields has looked, I think you should stick with Fields, 
and trade back that pick, but other people think Caleb Williams is too good to do that. So again, you can have the argument in the comments if you want. Fields has been a top four quarterback in back-to-back -back weeks and has been looking, my opinion, like the future quarterback of the Bears in those games. Now, the Packers' defense is straight-up dog shit. We just talked about it. Even Bryce Young could have a great game against them, so I would definitely expect Fields to rip off, at bare minimum, a top-five performance here. Jordan, love me tender, love me sweet, just like Justin Fields has been on fire. Back-to-back -back games as a top-six quarterback, and the Packers need to win this game to guarantee themselves in the wild-card round. Now, Love has been pretty streaky this season, right? We've seen streaks where he looks like like, you know, he left some streaks in his underwear, right? At Get the bed. Then, other games where he looks great. And as of right now, that streak has been him on fire, right? Last time these two teams played, it was all the way back in week numero uno, where Jordan Love dropped his nuts on the Bears defense. He hit him with the, uh, or on the, yeah, on the Bears defense, hit him with the Aaron Rodgers, I own you, right? The, the Aaron Rodgers special there. I dropped there isn't like I said, man, this was a huge game for love as I don't know, like a lot of people were love detractors. I was a Jordan Love fan, a stan, I might add. And you know, like I said, he dropped his nuts straight in their mouths. 245 passing yards, two tugs as the quarterback three. I think the Bears defense definitely may be better than people are giving them credit for. So I don't think this is like some cupcake soft serve matchup. But at the end of the day. This is a real solid spot for Jordan Love, so he's going to be a top 10 quarterback in my rankings. Next up, we move to the Denver Broncos at the Las Vegas Raiders, a battle of two teams that cannot make the playoffs. How exciting. Jared Stidham looked fine last week against the Chargers. The Raiders' defense is far from the best defense in the league. Right? They're not some world-beating defense, but this is another scenario where you have to think to yourself, right? Am I going to start Jared Jarrett Stidham in my fantasy championship. Am I going to play Jarrett fucking Stidham in my fantasy championship? And the answer to that is, fuck no, baby. Aiden O'Connell, AOC was dealing like he was at the fucking Hard Rock Casino last week in Indy. 30 of 47 for 299 yards, just one off of 300 and two touchdowns. The Broncos defense is very hard to read, in my opinion, as they look pretty different week to week. Some weeks they look great, some weeks not so much. I get that O'Connell played great last week, but looking at the season as a whole, anytime he shows up, right, has that huge game against the Chargers, he typically follows that up by looking like trash. Right? He typically lets down the next week. Out of 10 games, he has only had five games with over 10 points. And 10 points is not a very high metric for a quarterback, right? I could go out there and get 10 fantasy points. Two games over 15 fantasy points. This is just not the type of quarterback that I want to rely on in my fantasy championship. Next up, we got the Philadelphia Eagles, the Birds, at the New York Football Giants. Now, since Philly can win the division, if the Cowboys slip up, they will be trying to win this game. Now, if the Cowboys get up to a huge lead, it is very plausible that the Eagles start to sit their studs later in the game like Jalen Hurts. This leaves us in a real pickle. Again, there is a lot of reasons why we don't want to play in week 18 for fantasy football championships. This is one of them. I have zero read on how long Jalen Hurts will be in this game for. And there are a lot of quarterbacks, again, like cool Joe Flacco, who might have taken to the championship with how good he's been. and He's not even fucking playing. Brock Purdy, a lot of these great quarterbacks, Mahomes, are not playing. So again, if you are a Week 18 championship person, this is why you're watching this video, tell your commissioner, we will not play Week 18 fantasy football championship because it is ridiculous. 
that you do all this work. You get Kyron, McCaffrey, the championship, playing against each other. None of them play, right? Very fun, right? Very, very fun. So again, we're to pickle here. Hurts might play the whole game, might play half, might play the first fucking quarter. I don't know. I think even if he does get benched against the Giants, realistically, if he plays half the game, he should be competent enough to be fine. But the looming possibility of the benching makes me nervous, right? Makes me a little bit sweaty. He is still a must-start for me. But if you are Hurts' owner, you definitely want Washington to keep it close with Dallas. Rod Taylor is in the fringe start range. Uh, if all the normal quarterbacks were playing, there is 0% chance that Tyrod would be listed as a start, even against the Eagles' defense. He would be a complete and utter afterthought. That's not the case. In week 18, I think due to his rushing upside, Tyrod should be able to crack the top 18, but I'm definitely not expecting anything inside the top 10. Next up, we got the Seattle Seahawks at the Arizona Cardinals. Now, Kyler Murray took the Eagles in Philadelphia on a one-way ride to Poundtown. He went 25 of 31. Huge round of applause for 232 yards, five rushes for 24 yards, and three tugs with one INT as the quarterback for Facing Seattle isn't the easiest matchup in the world, right? It's not. But with how up and down Seattle has been defensively this season, I could definitely see Kyler Murray showing out and being a top five quarterback again. Me, Kyler is a clear, clear as day, must start quarterback this week and will be ranked as a top six quarterback in my rankings. Now, Geno Smith, Seattle needs a win here to get in, right? The Cardinals are dead. They've been dead. So Seattle needs to win to get in the playoffs. They also need a Green Bay Packers loss. Since that is the case, Seattle is going to try as hard as possible. Again, this is why we have such a weird slate where there's six early games, seven late games, because they're trying to keep all the scenarios at the same time. Like the Packers and Seattle have to play at the exact same time, right? The Eagles and the Cowboys have to play at the exact same time, right? So they're going to be trying. Now, Gino has looked better over the last two games since he returned from injuries. He looked decent. Now, earlier on the season, Geno Smith was a straight-up train wreck. So, you know, looking decent is a lot better than what he looked like earlier on the season. So, the thing is, with Geno, while he hasn't looked the best, you don't need the best quarterback on earth to turn the Cardinals' defense into some Swiss cheese, right? They're just like the Green Bay Packers. Normally, Geno is ranked Four, right? He's you, he has to fucking use a uh, a magnifying glass or a a stethoscope. I don't know how the fuck to say the word. You know what I'm talking about, right? One of those big ass <laughs> not a magnifying glass, like a big scope. You know what I'm talking about? Not like a scope that Jack Sparrow would rip out, right? Like one that NASA's got. You know what I'm talking about? Like that's how far away Gino is from being a superstar worthy guy. But against the Cardinals defense, uh, it's hard to rank him. Super far outside of the top eight. He's going to be a top eight guy for me up against Cardinals. Before we get on into the Chiefs at the Chargers, as well as the rest of the games on the week 18 slate at the quarterback position, I would like to ask that if you guys are new to the channel and you do end up enjoying so far, or you did end up enjoying so far, that you hit that subscribe button down below, whether you are new to the channel or not. Press that like button. And I would like to give you guys a quick word from our friends and our sponsor over at Underdog Fantasy.
Underdog Fantasy is the best place to play NFL Pick'em in the whole entire universe, and today, Underdog Fantasy has a great offer for you guys, but first, I want to explain how the NFL Pick'em game works. You're going to have to pick a minimum of two players from at least two different teams. We're going to talk about the Colts versus the Texans here. We're going to go ahead and go with Nico Collins higher than 69.5 receiving yards, and then for the Colts, we're going to go with Michael Pittman higher than 72.5 receiving yards at both of these hit. We'll get three times our entry fee. Now, if you do three picks and they all hit it six times, four picks is 10 times and five picks is 20 times your entry fee. If you are new to underdog fantasy and use promo code notorious, you'll receive a first match deposit bonus of up to $100. You deposit 100, they give an additional 100. If you do 50, additional 50, 25, additional 25. The minimum deposit on underdog fantasy is $10. If you have a gambling problem, make sure that you call 1-800-GAMBLER. Back on into things here, we move to the Chiefs at the Chargers. Blaine Gabbert versus Easton Stick. Get your fucking popcorn ready, baby. If Patrick Mahomes has been struggling in this Chiefs offense, how do we think Blaine Gabbert's going to do? The answer to that question is very simple. It is not good at all. I wouldn't be surprised if Gabbert legitimately ranked dead last at the quarterback position this week, even with the Chargers defense being suspect at best. Blaine is a clear sit. Now, for Easton Stick, you can make an argument to start him as he has been somewhat decent as of recently, but at the end of the day, I just don't feel as confident in stick as I would with some of the other lower-end starts. The Chiefs' defense is fine enough, and his ceiling also feels kind of capped, so I would rather just leave stick on the bench. Next up, we got the Rams versus the 49ers. Now, if this was, like, you know, last week, I'd be sitting here drooling over this matchup, right? Because I understand the 49ers are better than the Rams. They're two division rivalry teams. And I think the Rams are percolating a little bit. I think the Rams could beat the 49ers. I do. But uh, instead, it's week 18. So we get Carson Wentz versus Mono Man Sam Darnold. Carson Wentz versus Sam Darnold is exactly what the doctor ordered for week 18. Wentz has had some bright spots last year on the Commanders, right? He had some bright spots. He also had some downright terrible spots. Uh, without Kyron and Cup, uh, there's no reason for you to start Carson Wentz. Mono Man Sam will get his opportunity to start on Sunday against the Rams. Without the weapons, I just don't really see him having all that good of a game. Darnold isn't the worst quarterback ever, but without McCaffrey and most likely without Kittle, Debo, and Ayuk, you'll need a prayer to have really that great of a game. And I don't, like, maybe Kittle, Debo, and Ayuk play like a quarter, but I again, that, I, I haven't, today, Junior, I haven't gotten any guarantee on how much they're playing or if they're even playing at all, so. I know McCaffrey's out, so. I just don't think Donald's going to be a top 18 guy. I really don't think this uh, needs that much of an explanation. Next up, we move to a matchup between the Dallas Cowboys and the Washington Commanders. Now, if this game ends up being a blowout, I definitely think Dak Prescott gets benched towards the end of the game. But if this game is a blowout, right, where they're bending the, the Commanders over the table, that's because Dak Prescott is having a huge game. Last time these two teams played, Dak passed for over 300 yards and four touchdowns. Shout out to Spartac Spartans, the Spartans, uh, with zero turnovers. I love Dak this week, and he's going to be a top three quarterback in my rankings. Again, I get there is some worries about him getting benched, but he should be fine even if he does get benched. Sam Howell has been nothing sort, uh, nothing sort, nothing short of straight up trash over the last couple of weeks. But due to there being such slim pickings at quarterback, Howell will be a bottom of the barrel start. I'm talking about I like nine inch Nick Mullins. Some of these other Tarad Taylor better than Sam Howell. Now, there's been points this season where Sam Howell was on top of the world, right? Where Sam Howell was slinging the ball, looking great. 
Recently, again, quarterback, very mental position. He is in a mental pretzel right now. Uh, last time these two teams played, he was a top 10 quarterback. And I think he could have a great game here. His biggest issue that he's been awful recently. And there's also a chance that he gets benched due to how bad he plays. To me, Howell is a desperation start at best final game here. Dolphins versus the Bills. Because you waited all day for Sunday night. Last time these two teams played in Miami, Josh Allen was crying onto his shoulder. I hope that is how Sunday ends as a Dolphins fan now. I'll be honest with you, right? I'm not very confident in this game. I thought we could beat the Ravens. Um, that was wrong. That was wrong. <laughs> that was very wrong. We could not beat the Ravens. Maybe. Hopefully we get to play them in the AFC Championship. Maybe we could beat them. You know, second time's the charm, as they say. McDaniel's pretty good at adjusting the second time. The second time we play the Bills. Last time we played the Bills, Josh Allen had us in the camel clutch. Josh Allen sent us to Azkaban, right? Now, I'm a Dolphins fan, like I said, and I'm going to pray to the seven gods from Game of Thrones that Josh Allen has a bad game here. Well, I'm going to be honest with you. This guy absolutely railroads us every time we play them. Every single time. Back in week four, he went 21 of 25 for 320 yards and five touchdowns. Now, I don't think he's going to do that good again. But honestly, with Josh Allen, anything is, po anything is possible, right? Paul Pierce, he said that, right? Uh, against the Dolphins, he is a must-start top-five quarterback. Again, I hope he plays terrible. I hope he looks like straight-up ass. But um, I, I don't think he will. Uh, Tua Tungavailoa has been on a huge downward skid as of recently for fantasy. Now, if you watch the game against the Ravens, he looked okay, right? He's not, in my opinion, why we lost. We lost because the our defense literally was just sucking cock all game long. Their name was Riley Reed. It was embarrassing. It was embarrassing. It was horrendous. And Vic Fangio didn't adjust at all. And Vic Fangio said himself that it was embarrassing. Like the other day, he's like, oh, that was an embarrassing performance. I'm sorry. Uh, good. You should be embarrassed. Now, the last time these two teams played, Stefan Diggs absolutely butt-fucked us because you put Cater Kohu on him the whole game. Now, I get that we don't have Xavier Howard if Jalen Ramsey isn't 100% on Stefan Diggs. I know Stefan Diggs has been terrible recently. Vic Fangio should be left in, uh, well, not left in Miami, I guess. Send him to Buffalo. And have him uh, make his way back home. I can't do that. I, I can't do that. I can't have Stefan Diggs literally just, just raw dog us. Really, that's what's going to happen. So uh, for the Dolphins, like Tua definitely could have played better last week. Right? Could have played better against the Bills last time these two teams played where he played pretty eh. I think he's a safe bet to finish as a top 16 guy again due to how many quarterbacks are out. And due to that, he's going to be ranked as a top 10 quarterback. I'm hoping that this is the Tua we saw earlier on the season this week against the Bills. No, not how he played against the Bills, but the earlier Tua where he was basically just cooking the defenses up like his name was Schiff Boyardee. I got high, high hopes for Tua this week. But again, I'm not going to sit here and just pretend like Tua's definitely outscoring Josh Allen this week. No, Josh Allen's definitely going to outscore him. So thank you guys all so much for watching. If you didn't enjoy, make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below as well as hit that like button. It would help me out a ton. If you want to follow me on Twitter or X, please do so at NotoriousFNTSY. Love you guys all so much. Hope you have a great guys day. And as always, good boy. Check out one of the videos on your screen if you missed already. Good boy.